Hey friends, and welcome to episode 181 of It's About Time, a podcast sharing stories and strategies to inspire better work, life, and balance. I'm your host, time management coach, Anna Dearman Cornick. And when I was in eighth grade, I had braces and bad skin, like probably a lot of you listening, or who knows, maybe it was just me. Anyway, awkward eighth grade me basically idolized this high school girl I knew. I wanted to be just like her. Her name was Kristen, and she was a cheerleader. She was on the basketball team. She was blonde and super pretty. She had the best clothes, and winning just seemed like it came really easy to her. More than anything, to an awkward 13-year-old, Kristen seemed to just exude confidence. And so when I had the opportunity to talk with another Kristen, Kristen Goss, a brand photographer, business coach, and all-around hype woman, all about building confidence in yourself, your work, and even the way you feel in front of a camera, which we all know can be totally awkward from time to time, you better believe I jumped at the opportunity. So let me introduce you to today's guest, Kristen Goss. Kristen is a brand photographer and business coach who's on a mission to help women, particularly female entrepreneurs, show up as their most confident selves. She believes that it's not just looking good, it's feeling good on the inside too. And let me tell you from personal experience, she does an amazing job of hyping people up. In today's conversation with Kristen, she shares what corporate marketing taught her about life, work, and confidence. She talks about how success is a slow burn instead of an overnight rocket ship. We talk about how important it is to find your driving force in life. Plus, she shares easy tips for feeling good in front of the camera, whether you're taking headshots for work, doing a branding shoot for your business, or just snapping vacation pics on your phone with family or friends. And I know you've got a lot on your plate and you know, you might be listening to this episode while you're out running errands or you're folding laundry, doing the dishes or getting dressed before work. And maybe you're not exactly able to stop what you're doing and jot down notes easily when you hear something you wanna remember. But don't you worry, I've taken notes so you don't have to. You can find all of the productivity tools and resources mentioned in this episode over in the show notes at abouttimepodcast.com forward slash 181. And finally, I want to thank you again for tuning in and being a fan. And if you haven't yet, I invite you to click the subscribe button to be notified as soon as new episodes go live. And if you like what you hear, I would be so grateful for your review. And with that, It's about time we get started, so let's get this show on the road. You're listening to It's About Time, a podcast about work, life, and balance. Around here, we believe that busy is not a badge of honor. Your host, Anna Dearman Cornick, is here to share tips and strategies to help you make the most of your time. Listen in on real conversations and success stories to find out how other go-getters are getting things done. If you're ready to step away from the overwhelm and spend your time on what matters most, then you're in the right place. Here's your host, time management coach, Anna Dearman Cornick. Hey, Kristen, and welcome to It's About Time. I am so just excited to chat with you today. How are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? I, I'm, you know, I'm doing great. I, I just, I'm feeling good. 
Good. It's going to be a great day. So I'm I'm so excited to introduce you to everyone listening. And I'll actually mention that Kristen was recommended to me, connected with me by Kristen Recupero, who y'all have probably heard me mention dozens of time, but times, and she's been a guest on the podcast. Um, and so thanks so much to Kristen Recupero, if you're listening to connecting me with Kristen Goss. So Kristen, I gave everybody the official bio in the intro, um, but I would love to hear from you in your own words. How do you spend your time these days? Well, I spend my time a little differently now in in 2023 than when I first started my business. I now finally feel like I have more of a balance between work life and, and home life. When I first started my business, my kids were very young and I had a second child when I was a couple years into my business. And so a lot of that was raising babies and my business and it was very chaotic. But now I feel like in my seventh year of business, I have some dedicated work time. I have some dedicated mom time. I don't feel like I have any hobbies per se. <laughs> so maybe that's a problem. But I I do enjoy spending time with friends and going out, drinking wine. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, that's kind of how I spend my days and trying to to really work on that that balance that we know is not truly ever an option for us. But, you know, I, I try my best. I love it. It's a little bit of everything. And like you said, it's been it's been a journey. It's been an evolution from the beginning, which was building a business and raising babies and the chaos of that. Totally feel you there. Right now, I have a four-year-old and a, a two-year-old, so things are bonkers at our house right now. <laughs> I feel that. <laughs> and, you know, the whole thing about balance is I like to say that it's not a formula. It's a feeling. And you know when you're there mm, and you know yeah. how to make adjustments. Um, but tell me a little bit about the work side of things. What does that look like for you? So I am a brand photographer and I also am starting to dabble in and incorporate some confidence coaching to my business as well. And I feel like I've always kind of coached my clients throughout the seven years that I've been in business. I specialize in working with female entrepreneurs and business owners. So through visual branding, we capture headshots, we capture branded images for their websites, for social media. And I also really help them gain the confidence to tell their story. And so I, I love helping them tell their story visually. So the work side of things is basically a lot of photo shoots and a lot of prep to lead up to that photo shoot. And then, you know, hopefully not a ton of sitting at the computer and editing because that is not the fun part of my job. <laughs> the fun part is getting out there and working with the women being in the studio on location and really helping them feel comfortable and confident on camera. Yeah, the, the photo shoot always sounds like such a glamorous, it, sound, it sounds like the glamorous part. 
But people tend to forget that there's that whole editing process that comes after, which involves, I would assume, painstakingly sitting in front of the computer, making sure that your clients look their best. Um, I'd like to know what inspired you to work with women entrepreneurs for branding photos. You know, there are so many different directions that you could take photography, wedding photography, family photography, newborn photography. What made you decide on branding photos for female entrepreneurs? I think there were probably two things that really influenced me to to have that focus, to have that niche. Um, the first being that I did work in corporate marketing, you know, after I, I went to college, went, then went to grad school and graduated with my master's and started down this corporate ladder path. And I encountered some not so great situations of, you know, the patriarchy and, and just didn't feel supported as, uh, as a woman, as a mom. And, um, so I think when I started my business, I really wanted to make my mission about empowering other women and, and helping them gain the confidence and courage that, that I was also seeking as well. And then the second thing was, being that I am a photographer, the first thing I had to do when I started my business was get professional photos because I was like, I'm not legit until I have my own photo shoot. So in working with the woman that that did my first photo shoot, first round of headshots, she really inspired me because, again, yeah, going into that, it's it can be very overwhelming and nerve wracking. And my son was maybe 14 months old. So kind of mm -hmm. just after that first year postpartum, mm -hmm. you're like, what is this body? Like, I don't know what's going on. Um, but, but after the shoot, feeling really confident, more confident in my body and who I was as a woman and also as a business owner. And so just kind of those two things together really helped me feel inspired and motivated to want to spend my time and energy empowering women, women-owned businesses. What an amazing experience. You know, whether you are a business owner or you're working in corporate, whatever, I feel like so often we, we think that there's this one thing that's going to make us feel more legit. For me, it was working with a graphic designer to get a logo created and get my branding colors picked out because I felt like I wasn't going to be quote unquote legit until I got my branding, my, all of that stuff figured out. For you, it was having that photo shoot. That photo shoot was going to make you feel legit. And how fortunate that you were able to walk away from that feeling just amazing feeling great about yourself and probably on fire and really validated about the business that you were kicking off because making the transition from full-time corporate to owning your own business, that's no joke. What did that feel like? <laughs> it was scary. I, I'm a risk taker through and through. Like I just jump and act and do without thinking. That's what I feel like. That's what I do. I, I don't necessarily encourage that for everyone. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Disclaimer. Disclaimer, you know. Um, but for me, like I cashed out my 401k. And at that point, I'd only been working a couple years. So it wasn't much. 
And I got a part-time job working at PetSmart as a cashier just to help pay, actually just pay my student loans every month. Um, And so in the beginning, it felt scary. And I know specifically, like my husband questioned it a lot, like, (laughs) where's the money? When is it coming? Like, what are you doing? And I just really had to make sure that he felt better about it because I knew that I was on the right path, that I had a bigger purpose in life. But it's easy for me to feel that way, but to, you know, share it with, you know, someone who is questioning it um, can be a little harder. But, you know, I, I think I was working at PetSmart maybe six months before I was making enough in my business that I didn't need a part-time job anymore. So I was able to leave that job, work full-time in my business, and here I am seven years later. Seven years later, clearly an overnight success. Seven years later. Yes, (laughs) right. The slow burn, like, like, (laughs) oh, the slow burn. It is. It's so true. You know, it's easy for people to look at successful business owners who are confident in how they show up and how they serve others and think, oh, if only I could do that or must be nice. But it's it takes time and it takes that stick to itiveness of, okay, I believe in me. This is going to happen. I'm going to make it happen. Let's go. Yeah. Yeah. Because I mean, at the end of the day, like you have to continue showing up for yourself and for your why, your purpose, and keep going back to that in those moments where you're breaking down going, this isn't working. Like, I I just, I'm going to give up and, and throw in the towel. But you, and I think that's part of this confidence journey too, is knowing and feeling confident in yourself so that you can continue spreading your mission and and living in your purpose. Yes, absolutely. So you've told us a little bit about what the work side looks like. You've got super glamorous photo shoots with your your, uh, female entrepreneur clients, helping them show up and tell their story through photos and feel amazing. But you've also got life. You've got your family. You've got uh, some TBD hobbies that you might have soon (laughs) one day. So tell me a little bit about the family side. Yeah. So I have been married to my husband since 2011. And we um, were, I feel like a typical young military couple in that we were engaged, but when he received orders to deploy, then we we got married. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, we, we got married, not super young, but, you know, young enough. And uh, been married a long time. We live in Pittsburgh with our, our two kids. My son is going to be eight years old next month. And then my daughter is five years old. My son is a lover, the best snuggler in the world. He is super emotional and sensitive. And I love that about him because it kind of goes against the grain of like what 
you know, boys are expected to be. Mm-hmm. Um, he still loves to play army and Nerf guns and all that stuff, but he uh, he's my lover. My daughter is is also emotional, but just sassy and stubborn and just her way or the highway. And I also love that about her because when I had, when I found out I was having a daughter, I was like, okay, (laughs) my job as a woman really starts now because I had experienced some hard things in my childhood, you know, growing up and dealing with body image issues and confidence issues. And I was like, nope, it's not going to be like that for my daughter. So uh, she really challenges me, but I I love that about her. And (laughs) I, my my kids, um, I'm going to maybe be a little controversial. My kids are not my why. I know a lot of people feel like that is their why. They want to do everything for their kids and like Trust me, like I want to give my kids a great life. I want to prepare them to be successful in their lives. But I don't align my personal purpose with them, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. Absolutely, that makes sense. It It is perfectly okay for someone to make their kids or their family their why, that driving force, that driving factor. And it is perfectly okay for that purpose and that why to be separate and it doesn't mean you don't like it doesn't mean you love your kids any less it just means that you have a different driving force I completely get that yeah so I obviously love my kids but um that's why finding a little bit more of that work uh mom life balance is important to me because Mm -hmm. I I want to be present in in both areas um, and at separate times (laughs) Yes. See, I think that's so cool that you're very clear that you want to be present on the work side. You want to be present for your clients and you want to be present for your kids and for your family and that you prefer for those two things to be separate. It's so cool because, you know, I've talked with people on the podcast before who have said that they don't believe in that separation, that they want to live in work-life integration or work-life harmony where everything just kind of melds together in a mixing pot and there's not really a start or an end to either. But it's just proof that there's no one right way to do anything and that we have to get really clear on what's going to work best for us. So I love it. Own that. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Of course. Yeah. So you work with your clients to create brand images, headshots, lifestyle type photos that capture the story of what they do. You help them show up in their best light. You're beginning to move into confidence coaching, which I have so many questions about because that sounds amazing and so needed. Plus you've got your two kiddos. You love to spend time with friends wine, and you're about to start exploring some hobbies, right? That's on the to-do list. <laughs> I love that accountability. Like, I, I, that's just going to be the little birdie on my shoulder and be like, Anna, wants you to explore some hobbies. And it's just, I'm just going to revisit that. <laughs> okay. Super quick soapbox. So when it comes to rest, most of us don't get enough rest. But a lot of times when we think about rest, we think about taking naps and getting more sleep. 
But there's so much more to recharging than just naps and sleep. So rest, recreation, and relationships, that time with friends fills our cup, recharges us. But having fun for the sake of fun is why I keep needling you to look for some hobbies. It's okay. You don't have to take up like marathon running unless you want to. But you know, just like, it's cool to have some fun for the sake of fun. Makes you feel good. Yeah. Yeah. No, I get that. So I appreciate that reminder. Okay. I'll try not to bring it up again. But (laughs) so we've got photography. We've got running a business because, I mean, it's not like you just show up, take pictures and edit. There's a whole lot more to it than that. You've got family stuff. Your kids are five and eight. You've got a little boy who's marshmallows and honey and a little girl who sounds like a feisty firecracker. I love it. How do you do it? How do you do? How do you do it all? Like, how do you? And when I say do it all, I don't mean like do it all, like society's version of do it all. But how do you do life? That is a wonderful question. I feel like if it doesn't exist in my phone, in my phone calendar as a reminder, an alert of some sort, uh, it it just, I, I forget about it. It doesn't um, exist. It doesn't exist. And I do really appreciate a, a paper planner. I I think when you write something down, you do tend to retain it. But um, yeah, that, that iPhone uh, reminder is just clutch. So <laughs> um, I think that's probably the, you know, the biggest trick or, you know, uh, part of my process that, that helps. Um, So wait, quick clarification question. So like the actual like built-in iPhone reminders app, that's your jam. That is what you use to keep track of everything. Well, I guess it's iCal because on iCal, iCal. yes, when you set an event, then you can set an alert or reminder. Um, So I typically need like two reminders, like a day before something and then like (laughs) 30 minutes before, like, hurry up, like, this is happening, (laughs) just to give myself time if I need to, like, go somewhere and be there on time. Um, But, yeah, so definitely just, like, the calendar app. Gotcha. Um, Okay. Yeah, Yeah, that's my jam. And we just started using that as a family option or family calendar, I would say, late last year or mid last year. And that's been really nice, too, because... (laughs) <laughs> I mean, no surprise here, but like sometimes my husband and I struggle with communication. So, um, <laughs> what? yeah, I know. <laughs> just crazy. Um, so we just wouldn't tell each other when something was coming up, but now we know and have been in a pretty good, uh, habit of putting it on the family calendar, even if it's a business thing. Cause I do tend to shoot one weekend a month. Like I, I will work one weekend a month because not all of my clients are entrepreneurs. Some of them are service providers that still work a nine to five. So I do need to use, utilize weekend hours. So even if it's business related, I pop it on the family calendar to just know like, hey, I'm leaving Sunday at noon. I'll be back by two. And that's that. Let's not plan anything where we have to be somewhere as a family. Or if you want to do that, you can take both kids <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. and and go on with your bad self. Um, yeah. But <laughs> but yeah, so that's been that's been really helpful, I think, um, from a a family uh, perspective. Mm-hmm. Family calendar that's huge. That's one of my top recommendations for 
the, the it, basically anyone, but it's something that I work with my clients on is getting that family calendar set up, whether it is with a, maybe it's with their parent who is involved heavily in their life, or if it's with a partner or spouse, co-parent, whatever it is, having that as a method of communication is just one of the ultimate ways to catch those communications breakdowns before they start. Now, you have to update it. You have to actually use it. Calendar's not going to do it for you, but (laughs) having it there is just amazing to kind of alleviate a lot of those potential rough points. So what else? So we got that iCal. We're moving into family calendar. And I'm sure your kids are starting to have like more activities than they did in the past. Right now, we just have ballet one night a week. That's our only activity. Um, And even that can be a lot sometimes. Yeah. So the kids, um, yeah, they're definitely into more activities. My daughter also dances one one day a week on, on Saturday mornings. And she and her brother also wrestle, which is another thing that I absolutely adore about our family. Wrestling is such an amazing sport for building confidence. And I see that in in both of my children. Um, But yeah, the kids uh, have really benefited from from wrestling. So that surprisingly is mostly a winter sport, but can go all year long, depending on if you join a club team or if you do private lessons, which of course we do. (laughs) <laughs> um so yeah we we love to do that with the kids um and then we live in Pittsburgh but our family lives up and down the east coast so we do a lot of traveling to visit family and i think that's really important for us to take the kids and and have experiences and and vacations and be around family so that's kind of a, a big part of what takes up a lot of our family calendar as well. Mm -hmm. Family calendar, traveling, (laughs) wrestling, dance. I love it. So I thought it was really interesting that you mentioned that wrestling is something that you have found has really boosted confidence in your kids. You know, it's really amazing sometimes the different, um, the different ways, the different methods that we can pick up that confidence and boost that confidence, regain it if we've lost it. And when I think of stepping in front of a camera can just feel really intimidating, even when we are fully made up, fully like wearing our power brand outfit. Um, And it's really important to have a, a photographer there who can, I don't know, coach you through the process Tell me a little bit about what it's like to work with your clients so that they're able to show up as their best self in front of the camera. It starts before you even come on to set or into the studio. And a lot of that mindset work can be really beneficial leading up to the day of the shoot. Because there are going to be nerves. There, there is going to be overwhelm. Like, that's not something that I can take away from you. Mm-hmm. I know you probably heard this before, but like, there's no magic potion or magic wand to just like solve your problems. You actually have to put in the work. Um, but I think, I think mindset, the mindset comes down to, you know, feeling good 
in your mind, in your body, in your image, and, you know, also feeling supported. And, you know, that's something that I can offer my clients once they get to the studio. But I think that can help them leading up to the shoot as well, right? Making it be known, like reaching out to whoever it is that that helps support you, whether that is a partner or friends or a mastermind community, whatever it is, just letting them know, hey, I'm doing this really scary thing and I would love your support. And just having those hype people around you to lift you up, you know, before you get to that point of coming to the shoot um, can be really beneficial. Once you walk in the door, then it's my job to be your hype girl, to really make it fun, to make it lighthearted, and to help you feel comfortable and confident on camera. Mm -hmm. And I've seen the transformation in sometimes as little as, you know, 15 minutes to a half hour. I mean, sometimes I host mini sessions and they are super, super quick. But the feedback I receive even before they leave the studio is, you know, wow, that was effortless or you made that so fun. And that to me is just the greatest compliment because that's what makes a great photographer great. Mm Because anyone, any photographer can take great photos, right? We've all been equipped with like really great technology and the cameras and lenses and Mm-hmm. editing softwares that we all have access to. Anyone can do it, right? Anyone can take a great photo. But what is the experience like for that person? Mm-hmm. That's what makes someone great rather than just mm-hmm. good. And that, I think, is what I provide for my clients and something that I'm really proud of. Okay, y'all, so I know we could all probably use a little more time in our day, right? You're no stranger to busy schedules and intentionally filling them up to the brim because you just have so much to get done. But sometimes it feels like you don't really ever have the time to just slow down and enjoy the simple things. Simple things like when my toddlers are giggling and playing nicely together in the backyard, or when a Sunday afternoon nap sounds too good to pass up. We all want more time to enjoy these kinds of things, right? Well, if you love personality quizzes like I do, then you're in for a treat. In my new quiz, which you can take for free at AnnaDCornick.com forward slash quiz, I'm helping you uncover what it will take to get you from chaos to calm, to finally feel like you have space in your days. I know it can feel downright frustrating to keep using the same old time management strategies that just don't seem to work for you. You've got the planners, the calendars, apps, you're doing all the things, but you still feel like you have no time. And that's because you need time management strategies that work for your personality and your life. In my 10 plus years working in crisis communications and chaos management, and all the time I've spent with my clients, I've learned that everyone has their own needs. And knowing what those needs are can really help you discover the best approach to planning your days. Knowing yourself can help you ease up busy schedules, and find more calm and clarity in your week. 
do you want to know how to get there to have more breathing room in your days? Let's figure out your time management personality type so you can uncover exactly what you need to do to feel more productive, less stressed, and more balanced. You can take the quiz at AnnaDCornick.com forward slash quiz, and I'll make sure to link to the quiz in our show notes. All right, on with the show. So I wish that we all could have the opportunity to work with you and to feel that magic that you bring and helping people feel like their best selves. But I know that a lot of us, we either have our own brand shoots or we have headshots for work coming up, or we even have family photos that we know we'll be taking on the front porch at Easter or at Christmas or on family vacation. And I mean, I'll just, I'll, put it out there. Like I've had two kids. My body is different now. Uh, things have just rearranged. They're in different places. That's fine. <laughs> Anybody who's had kids <laughs> knows what I'm talking about. Um, and it can be hard sometimes to, to psych myself up for pictures. Um, even though I know how important it is for the pictures to happen. You know, one of my core values is legacy. And to me, that means creating something that is lasting, creating memories, um, creating memories in my girls that they can then share and pass down. And part of that includes pictures. And how, what advice would you have for someone listening who just dreads being in pictures of any kind? Um, that's a hard question because again, it, it's not something like I cannot fully take away the nerves and the overwhelm that go with standing in front of a camera, whether it's a cell phone or a professional camera. Um, I think that's going to happen for everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, like I said, the mindset work leading up to it can really help knowing whether you have something professionally booked or if you know that you're going to an event where it's like you're going with your girlfriends or a work event and you know people are going to want like a group photo uh, or a selfie together, Um, you know, working on some affirmations and helping flip the script, right? Going from the negative thoughts are never going away. I tell people that like, again, there's no magic wand, no magic potion. You're still going to experience those negative thoughts. But what can you do to help rephrase them into positive thoughts or affirmations about yourself and continue to do it so that it does become more, it's more comfortable or habitual for you to do that, right? Um, So, you know, practicing some affirmations like, you know, going from, I don't love, XYZ to leaning into something that you do love about yourself. And Mm -hmm. for this, I even say too, like it doesn't even have to be something related to your body, but like, what is it that you love about yourself? I love how caring and kind I am. Great. Like lean into that. And when you have a moment where the negative thoughts are coming in, then, you know, flip the script and really focus on something that you do love about yourself. 
mm-hmm. because when it comes to the negative self-talk, the things we say to ourselves, um, you know, what I really encourage, you know, uh, my clients to to do is is to you know say the negative thoughts or think the negative thoughts. You're going to acknowledge it. You're going to feel it, and then you're going to have the courage to move on. Mm-hmm. And whether that is you know erasing it completely or flipping it into something positive about yourself. But it it's knowing that those negative thoughts and feelings and nerves are still going to happen, but um, finding the courage within yourself to, to turn it around, um, leading up to that moment where it's a photo shoot or a work event, friend event, whatever, um, mm-hmm. where you know that pictures are going to happen. So that's step one. Oh my gosh, there's so much. <laughs> I love it. Um, to recap, to recap, step one. Okay. It sounds like feeling, feeling confident in photos, feeling confident when you know you're going to have your picture taken starts on the inside, and it starts with mindset work. Mm-hmm. And when you say mindset work, you mean recognizing when you have a negative thought, acknowledging it. And either letting it pass like a little fluffy cloud or (laughs) flipping the script from, man, my belly looks weird right now to, man, I have beautiful eyes. Yes. Yes. And leaning into the, that, what you love about yourself. Because if you focus on that, then it's almost like the, the negative thoughts that you have about your belly won't just go away, but you can really... (laughs) But you can really focus on, okay, the eyes. <laughs> so maybe when you're in the photo, you're not going to show your belly. You're going to want it uh-huh. kind of belly button up or boobs up, you know, um, <laughs> head and shoulder shot. Great. Mm-hmm. But guess what? You still did it. You still had your photo taken and it fits within the framework that feels good for you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. I love it. What else? Okay, so step two is a little bit more about like what can you do in that moment, like how to take a stunning photo. Mm. And so I have a couple tips. Um, like I'm I so said, excited. It's like a lot. <laughs> um, all right, so this is kind of posing basics 101. Mm-hmm. First things first, you want to stand up straight. Your posture matters. So sometimes we tend to hunch over or just, you know, kind of want to shrink and be small in that moment. No, 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 no. You want to stand up tall. You want to roll your shoulders back, puff out your chest, and really um, almost like pretend that you're like a marionette, like a puppet, Mm -hmm. and there's a string above your head, and they're just pulling you up nice and tall, okay? So I always, the number one rule when it comes to getting your photo taken is if it's, if it feels awkward and uncomfortable, it probably looks really amazing in the photo. Okay. (laughs) What is the deal with that? I remember I taking pictures with like my elbows forward and I'm like, it just looks crazy, but I know picture I'm like, Ooh, it's (laughs) just the way the posture and body translates on camera. So we need to be a little bit more exaggerated to really take that really stunning photo. So that's that's posing basics um, number one is just to stand up straight, have really great posture, feel like someone's pulling you up high, um, and then also doesn't that translate too as more confident? 
You're just mm-hmm. like, I own this. I love this moment. <laughs> it reminds me of those power poses. You oh, know those yeah. power poses where you're just, where before you go into a meeting, mm-hmm. you're supposed to like stand with your hands on your hips because it tricks your brain into feeling <laughs> confident. That's basically what it's what you do whenever you have that that posture. Right. Yeah. And and then, you know, the more it's with everything, right? The the more practice, the more you do it, the easier and more comfortable it will actually feel. So that is number one. Number two, um, we want to engage with the camera. So what does this mean? Again, you're not hunching forward. You're not trying to be small. You are trying to um, lean in and and go towards the camera. My favorite word is hinge. My clients all know this. They're like, by the end of the, <laughs> by the end of the shoot, you're going to be so well-versed in hinging, which is basically <laughs> keeping your back really straight and just bending at the belly button. Okay. Because okay. you don't want to hunch down, right? Everyone's like, they just want to lean forward and like their shoulders just go down. No, you want to keep your back nice and straight, bend at the belly button, and you just engaging with that camera, that lean in, um, will really help um, just, it translates so well on camera. It just looks a little bit more approachable and, and friendly um, yes. when you lean forward. It, that's so fascinating. Okay. So when I was in fifth grade, I was in Miss Preteen Louisiana. And when I did interview training for that, literally the only thing I remember from that interview training is whenever the judge asks a question, I'm supposed to lean forward as I am like answering the question, lean forward and answer because it's supposed to show interest and engagement. And that's exactly what you're doing with the camera when you hinge. Yes. <laughs> yes, it's just it, it's just again kind of um creating this this environment where as the subject you look more relatable, more approachable and it it just translates really well. So that's number 2. <laughs> number 3 uh we as women definitely I have heard this uh time and time again uh I have a double chin. Can you uh, get rid of that for me? No, my my uh, philosophy with editing photos is that I'm not going to help you lose weight in Photoshop. I'm not going to edit out your wrinkles, and uh, that's just that's just what it is. But I will help you with your posing. So uh, when it comes to your double chin uh, or your jawline, you want to. Uh, some photographers call it the turtle, but I think that's kind of weird. <laughs> But you want to go chin out and down, okay? So you want to feel that movement in your neck. And again, it's going towards the camera. So you're going to go chin out and down. And that should help with um, kind of accentuating your jawline and eliminating, uh, you know, the gobbler that comes along with getting older. (laughs) This is fascinating. I love it. Okay. Out and down. So Yes. I want to say somebody told me once that you put your tongue on the roof of your mouth. Yeah, I've heard that. um, That can, yeah, I think if you do do that, that can kind of lift um, that skin underneath the chin too. Um, That seems like an awful lot of like remembering (laughs) though. (laughs) When you're having your photo taken, um, 
I probably wouldn't uh, encourage that or suggest that just because I want you to look like you're having fun and loving life. So I would probably encourage like a laugh or a giggle um, that creates like an authentic smile. So I probably wouldn't encourage you to do some tongue movements. <laughs> Good to know. Good to yeah. know. Noted. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. Turtle, um, hinge, no tongue. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okay. So the fourth thing is to interact with the environment. You want to fill the frame. Um, so you want to bend your arms and legs to make triangles. You want to interact with things around you, whether that's furniture or your friends, uh, your outfit. Um, really incorporate different elements around you so that it almost like acts as like a natural uh, nerve uh, reducer anyway, because if you're like holding something or doing something, I think you're less focused on what your pose looks like, right? And so it feels like a little bit more natural and less stiff. I feel like I have seen influencers use their hair. Like there's almost always some kind of like hair pose that creates like movement in the picture or something. So maybe that's what they're doing. Okay. That was just, <laughs> that, that was random. Sorry about that. Yeah, no, that's okay. Um, but that kind of leads into the fifth thing, which is actually the most important. It's one of those like last but not least kind of things is movement is key. So again, kind of a natural nerve reducer is um, is just movement. And it doesn't have to be like a full turn with a, I don't know if you've seen the video of the influencer pop where they um, kick their leg up at the end. Have you seen it? <laughs> no, like... I'm going to look it up right now. It's just like to... a video of like, of, or a meme of like everyone mocking influencers because they always pose with like um, their knee pop. Yes, the knee pop. Um <laughs> But they are incorporating movement. So it looks. Oh, yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yes. I, I, I know exactly what this is now. Mm -hmm. Got to give credit where credit is due. So they are moving around. The photo does look a little bit more fun and engaging than just like a stiff, you know, hands on hips kind of pose. But there's other ways to incorporate movement, such as just like a subtle, um, you know, hip sway or um, even walking you know, one or two steps forward and then two steps back. And the key to taking a really stunning photo is knowing that it's probably one of multiple photos that whoever is taking your photo is taking, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. So as a photographer, I could probably take, um, you know, 10 photos in a row. And if you're moving around, and incorporating movement and the environment and touching your outfit or hair, uh, a prop or accessory, there's probably only one good photo out of there where like <laughs> your eyes are open, it's in focus. And so just knowing that you have to have fun with it, try a couple different things, knowing that not everything is going to stick, that is hopefully what you'll take from this too. Okay. That is huge because... I think that so often we get the, what is the, the li not the library, but the, all the pictures, whatever we call that. We get oh, all gallery. the pictures. The gallery, that's it. <laughs> we get the gallery back from the photographer for, say, family photos. 
And we're looking through the family photos. And of them, there are only like three out of the 70 that we might truly love. And that's normal. That's normal? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. That's amazing because I I think that so often we expect every single picture Mm -hmm. to be perfect. And when they aren't all perfect, we assume that there's something wrong with us. But you're reminding us that out of 200 pictures based on movement and angle and and lighting and whether or not our eyes are open, that really there's going to be a small number in the bunch. Um, I think it can be easy to look in magazines and just assume that, you know, everybody in a magazine or everybody, every picture that an influencer posts on Instagram, like, wow, they must look perfect all the time what's wrong with me? I'm a big slob. When that's not, that's not true at all. It's like the one or two that looks great. Yeah. And I think that's just the way society is now, especially with social media. It's like this highlight reel, you know, like people are only going to publish and post what they feel is the best of the best. And, and, and as a photographer, I am going to send you the photos that I really love. And I think you'll love but uh, I, I take, you know, um, I take a thousand photos down to like a hundred deliverables, right? So, I mean, there's a, there's a big chunk that like just didn't work out. I think it's important for people to know that they can have fun, try these things, incorporate movement. And that will be kind of that missing puzzle piece, I think, to taking a really stunning photo because again the overwhelm the nerves they're gonna be there but what are some things some really basic things that we can do in that moment whether it's a professional photo or again a cell phone snap that will help you love the image that you're in because at the end of the day like that's what's important like you mentioned the legacy whether it's with our kids or for our business it doesn't matter just being happy with how we are represented in that photo is what's really important. Yes. Kristen, oh my goodness. I feel like I'm walking away with so many actionable tips that I'm going to start using next time somebody just pulls out their their phone to take a picture. (laughs) So how can we continue to learn from you and stay in touch with you? So obviously my favorite place to hang out is Instagram. That's where it all started. And I love showcasing my clients and my work on Instagram and also trying to inspire others to really work on their confidence journey. And whether that is body positive or trying to work on the mindset stuff, whatever that is, I, I really try to inspire and motivate others by doing the work myself and showing up mm-hmm. on there as, you know, really authentically, you know, who I am. And I also have a course, a mini course that I would love to chat about. And this is for anyone who wants to learn how to create confidence on camera and prepare for a photo shoot. So Obviously, I work with female entrepreneurs and women-owned businesses, but I think anyone can benefit from the tips that I give in this course. And I know we are all busy women, myself included, so this course will take you less than an hour from start to finish. 
PDF downloads, quick videos to watch, checklists. I mean, it's all in there, but it is succinct, but really beneficial and really impactful. I love it. That sounds like a great time investment. One hour to feel confident on camera, whether that's brand photos, wedding photos, engagement photos, family photos, selfies, snaps, YouTube videos, whatever it is. I love that. Kristen, thank you so, so much for all of the gems of wisdom and encouragement that you've given today. This conversation has been amazing and I hope everyone listening loves it as well. I know they will. I mean, this has been awesome. Thank you again so much for joining me today and I'll talk to you soon. Thanks. So there you have it. I want to know, after hearing from Kristen, do you agree? Can confidence be built? I say yes, as long as we're willing to practice. So get out there and practice that confidence and practice those poses while you're at it. I can't wait to test drive some of Kristen's tips next time I take a photo. You can find links to all of the productivity tools and resources that Kristen mentioned, as well as links to stay in touch with her, follow her on the socials, and learn from her by visiting the show notes at abouttimepodcast.com forward slash 181. And if you want to learn how to feel confident about how you're spending your time, find clarity around your priorities, and get a clear path to creating the life of your dreams, then keep listening because this is just for you. Getting to the next level of your life doesn't happen overnight. Like Kristen said, it's a slow burn. It's a process. And I want to help you get there without wasting time and making tons of mistakes along the way. So I'm inviting you to join the Next Level Life Accelerator. Inside this six-month time management and life coaching program, will clearly define your next level vision and exactly what you want your dream life to look and feel like. We'll create a step-by-step roadmap to guide you along the way and get you where you're going. And then we'll uncover the roadblocks standing in your way, whether it's your mindset holding you back or just not having the right strategies in place. And we'll take a whole life approach to getting you to your next level up-leveling your wellness, your nutrition, and even your financial health along the way. The intention here isn't to take a bunch of time management hacks and hope for the best. The goal is to help you see your life from a big picture view, to learn and grow in all the things that impact time management, all to live a life full of intention and heart. Because building more confidence, it's real, and I want to show you just how possible it can be. You can apply to join the accelerator at annadcornick.com forward slash next level, but I'll also have the link down in the show notes for you. All right, last thing before you go, let me tell you about next week's episode. Next week's episode, episode 182, is all about heading into halftime. We're halfway through the year, and one of the best things you can do for your big goals is to take a beat and do a mid-year check-in and ask yourself, what's working? What's not? What needs to change? So come back next week and find out how to recharge your big goals with a mid-year halftime check-in. All right, thanks for listening, and I look forward to talking with you soon. 
Thanks for listening to It's About Time, a podcast about work, life, and balance. Head over to www.abouttimepodcast.com to join the conversation. Check out the show notes and dive into bonus content so you can start living your best life today. Love this episode? Be sure to share it with a friend, subscribe, and leave a review. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you in the next episode.